For many, many years I struggled with this passage. Paul writes to the church in Rome telling them that their struggles, their challenges, their pain should be cause for rejoicing. They should celebrate, exult, be delighted when they find themselves in those difficult times because their pain will make them stronger. Seriously, I have struggled with this passage because it goes against everything that you learn in counseling about working with people in crisis, being a peaceful, non-anxious presence, simply listening, not offering any unsolicited advice. Can you imagine telling a single mom who has just been laid off from her restaurant job that she should be excited about this challenge because it will make her stronger? Can you imagine telling a student who longs to return to school to see his friends to be in an actual, real classroom, but who is facing weeks, if not months, of learning via computer? Can you imagine telling him that he should be happy because he is developing endurance? Can you imagine telling a family who were unable to visit their COVID-stricken relative in the hospital and now are unable to hold a funeral service? Can you imagine telling them that they should rejoice because all of this will deepen their character? It sounds like platitudes, trite, Pollyanna-ish, unhelpful, and maybe even a bit cruel. If you are going through a difficult time right now, and I know that many of you are, then having someone tell you that this, this terrible situation, this painful season in your life, that you should be delighted because all of this is a test from God to deepen your faith. How might you react? I have to admit, if someone said that to me, I'd have a hard time controlling my tongue. I know that I would have a hard time not responding in frustration or anger because I've been there. In times of trouble, I have had mostly well-meaning people say some very unhelpful stuff to me. If you go online and you type in what not to say to someone in pain, you'll find sites with examples like these ones. Look at all you still have to be thankful for. This is behind you now, so it's time to get on with your life. There's always someone worse off than you. There is a reason for everything, or my personal favorite. It's all a part of God's plan for you. Paul writes, rejoice when we run into problems and trials. Really, Paul? The Greek word that we translate here as problems and trials is philipsis. And it means pressure, being constricted. It's used to talk about a narrow place, being closed in on all sides, restricted and confined. It is a deeply claustrophobic word. And it's a word that resonates deeply with many people, what they're experiencing right now. The feeling of being pressed in, constricted, with no clear way out. Talking with my mom the other day, I told her about this passage and Thalipsis. And after a very serious conversation about the Thalipsis we're going through right now, she said this, you know, Thalipsis stinks. 
Actually, the word used was stronger than that, but I can't use it in a church service. Philipsis stinks. Mom is planning to have it printed on a t-shirt. And it does. It does stink. It is awful not to be able to join together for worship safely, to miss each other's faces and voices, to see each other only through the medium of a screen. Philipsis stinks. It is awful to relaunch a preschool with beautiful little children and teachers in masks all day. No gathering with friends from other classes in the playground, with small, tightly protected bubbles of children in isolated classrooms. Philipsis stinks. It is awful to have businesses and restaurants and ministries close their doors temporarily or permanently and to have so many people out of work. Philipsis stinks. It is awful to have such division and animosity and side-taking within our country, in our government, in our community, in our families, and even in our churches. Philipsis stinks. It is awful to sit in the uncertainty, not knowing what is next, not knowing when life as we knew it will return. Philipsis stinks. Pressure, constriction, restrictions, no clear path forward, and we're supposed to rejoice? There is a quote often attributed to Mother Teresa that goes like this, I know that God won't give me anything I can't handle. I just wish God didn't trust me so much. That's a funny quote, no doubt. But it implies something that is theologically hazardous, that all of our troubles, all of our difficulties, all of our challenges are given by God to us to toughen us up, to strengthen us, to test us. It implies that God is, in essence, the creator of all of our times of Thalipsis. Now hear me, I very much believe that God has a plan for our lives, that God is constantly working to draw us down a path, and that sometimes those paths have challenges. But I do not believe that all of our pain, all of our experiences of trouble, that all of our struggles were specifically sent into our lives by God. I do not believe that God causes bad things to happen. Frankly, if I believed that, if I believed that God sends pain into our lives just to make us stronger, I'd hang up my robe, turn in my clergy credentials, and then find something else to do with the rest of my life. Because that God isn't the God I've come to know. A God of love, a God of forgiveness, a God of grace and of care. But I do know that Philipsis happens, and that God uses what is happening around us. Philipsis happens to all of us, and God will use whatever situation in which we find ourselves, God will use it to strengthen us if, if we allow God to do so. During those times of difficulty, during this time of challenge, God gives us the opportunity to use what is happening, the uncertainty, the pressure, the struggle, to heal our spirits. The first verse of our scripture today says this, 
Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. We have peace with God. That's that wonderful Greek word again, irene, a piecing together, a joining together of the broken pieces of our lives, true, soul-deep peace. That peace is what God desires for us, and that is why God will use our times of philipsis to grow our faith, to deepen our resolve, and to heal our spirits. Paul writes, we can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and our character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. This process that Paul outlines here is powerful. Allowing God to use our thalipses produces in us the ability to persevere, to not give up, to keep moving forward even when times are difficult. And when we develop that ability to persevere, that endurance, then who we truly are, our inner character, shines forth as we increasingly know ourselves to be beloved children of God. And when we know how loved we are, our hope becomes a deeper part of who we are. Our hope becomes a confident expectation of the fulfillment of God's promises. Back up to that verse that I hated for so long now. Paul writes in verse 3, We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. That word rejoice is kaukachomai in Greek, and it means to boast, to exult, and it comes from the root word aukin for neck. It means to hold your head high. It is a word of confidence. Flipping Paul's words makes it a bit easier for us to understand what he's saying. When we run into problems and trials, we can unbend our necks and hold our heads up high. Think about that for a moment. Feeling hemmed in, bowed down. Imagine your neck bending under the pressure, your eyes looking down to the floor. It is a posture of hopelessness. Then imagine your neck straightening, your head coming up, your eyes raising from the floor to look at the world around you, to gaze up at the sky. That is a posture of action, of confidence, of hope. This passage of Paul's letter is not denying the reality and the pain of those thalipsis times in our lives, those times of struggle and uncertainty. They are very, very real. Paul's message is that those times, they do not have the final word, and that those times they can be used for good. Because God can use those times in our lives to develop our ability to persevere, to solidify our character, and to ground our hope in God's love. Knowing that difficult times are never the end of the story, that lets me hold my head up high even when times are tough. Because difficult times strengthen my resolve which firms up my knowledge of who I am and whose I am, and that gives me incredible hope. The final verse of today's scripture is this. 
for we know how dearly God loves us because God has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with God loves. Thalipsis stinks. There is no doubt about it. For the Thalipsis that you are going through in your life right now, I am deeply sorry. But I pray that in the midst of your Thalipsis, that you would know how clearly God loves you and that you would be filled with God's love through the Holy Spirit, healing your spirit, giving you strength and faith and hope. Hold your head up high and know, know that you are loved always. I offer this to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And may God bless you.